millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome again to the Explaining History podcast, and this is kind of following on from the last podcast I did on the subject of um, America in the post-war era. We talked yesterday about the mass abundance that America experienced and the explosion of um, affluence and living standards and um, consumerism, the development of America as an automobile society and the provision of uh, cheap housing. Um, And so today I'm going to look at one of the um, critical thinkers who observed all of this and came to his own conclusions. And this was the philosopher and theorist and psychoanalyst Eric Fromm, whom I've spoken of before. And today I'm going to be looking at his book, The Sane Society. This is um, my favourite book of his. Um, because it focuses exclusively on this era. Eric Fromm uh, was from the Frankfurt School of Social Research. Uh, I did a podcast on them a couple of years ago now. And he was one of the members of the school, uh, along with um, Theodore Adorno and Herbert Marcuse, who fled to America in 1933 as a result of the rise of Adolf Hitler. If you're a Jewish Marxist-inclined psychoanalyst, um, you, you know, prospects in Nazi Germany are very, very poor. When Eric Fromm got to America uh, after the Second World War, he looked at um, this unprecedented explosion in prosperity. Eric Fromm had previously written his book, The Fear of Freedom, to try to explain the appeal of dictators and dictatorships. Now, he wrote The Sane Society, which attempted to kind of decode the reality of uh, modern mass democratic capitalist society. I asked the question, well, is it sane? And he came to the conclusion, well, it certainly thinks it is, but in reality it's anything but. Now, um, I read from the first chapter. 
Nothing is more common than the idea that we, the people living in the Western world of the 20th century, are eminently sane. Even the fact that a great number of individuals in our midst suffer from more or less severe forms of mental illness produces little doubt with respect to the general standard of our mental health. We are sure that by introducing better methods of mental hygiene, we shall improve still further the state of our mental health, and as far as individual mental disturbances are concerned, we look at them as strictly individual incidents, perhaps with some amazement, so that, um, that so many of these incidents should occur in a culture which is supposedly sane. Can we be so sure that we're not deceiving ourselves? Many an inmate of an insane asylum is convinced that everybody else is crazy except himself. Many a severe neurotic believes that his compulsive rituals or his hysterical outbursts are normal reactions to somewhat abnormal circumstances. What about ourselves? Let us in good psychiatric fashion look at the facts. In the last 100 years, we in the Western world have created greater material wealth than any other society in the history of the human race. Yet we've managed to kill off millions of our population in an arrangement which we call war. Aside from smaller wars, we had larger ones in 1870, 1914 and 1939. During these wars, every participant firmly believed that he was fighting in his self-defence for his honour or that he was backed up by God. The groups with whom one is at war are often one day to the next looked upon as cruel, irrational fiends whom one must defeat to save the world from evil. But a few years after the mutual slaughter is over, the enemies of yesterday are our friends, the friends of yesterday are our enemies, and again, in the full seriousness, we begin to paint them with appropriate colours of black and white. At this moment in the year 1955, we are prepared for a mass slaughter which would, if it came to pass, surpass any slaughter the human race has arranged so far. One of the great discoveries in the field of natural science is prepared for this purpose. Everybody is looking with a mixture of confidence and apprehension to the statesmen of various peoples, ready to heap all praise on them if they succeed in avoiding a war, and ignoring the fact that it is only these very statesmen who ever cause a war, only, uh, usually not um, even through their bad intentions, but by their unreasonable mismanagement of affairs entrusted to them. In these outbursts of destructiveness and paranoid suspicion, however, we're not behaving differently from what the civilised part of mankind has done in the last 3,000 years of history. Eric Fromm, again writing this at the height of American affluence in 1955, um, goes on to write about the economic system. He says, Our direction of economic affairs is scarcely more encouraging. We live in an economic system in which a particularly good crop is often an economic disaster, and we restrict some of our agricultural productivity in order to stabilise the market, although there are millions of people who do not have the very things we restrict and who need them badly. Right now our economic system is functioning very well, because among other reasons we spend billions of dollars per year to produce armaments. Economists look with some apprehension to the time when we stop producing armaments, and the idea that a state should produce houses and other useful things instead of weapons easily provokes accusations of endangering freedom and individual initiative. We have a literacy above 90% of the population. We have radio, television, movies, a newspaper, a day for everybody. 
but instead of giving us the best of past and present literature and music, these media and communications supplement uh, supplemented by advertising fill the minds of men with the cheapest trash, lacking any sense of reality with sadistic fantasies which a halfway culture person would be embarrassed to entertain um, once in a while. I suppose here, Eric Fromm was from the world of the um, the late 19th, early 20th century bourgeois, um, European bourgeoisie, coming face to face with the, the realities of uh, American mass culture. And he goes on to dissect uh, American life by looking at statistics for suicide, homicide and alcoholism, suggesting that these indicate uh, a great societal malaise uh, in America. And the book is all about the, the paradox of a society that seems to be better and better at producing material things, making most of its inhabitants, or a significant proportion of its inhabitants, more and more unhappy or emotionally distressed as a result. And what Eric Fromm does is he gets to the heart of one of the, the key debates of the 20th century uh, about the relationship between authentic human needs for connection and authenticity and love and the ability to uh, exist within communities and to be creative and all these kinds of things, and the, the constant march of um, science and technology and um, of uh, Western capitalism, which, as Marx theorised, um, creates um, a process whereby all that is solid melts into air, um, that the uh, revolutionary power of capitalism tears apart all pre-existing institutions and structures, and particularly social ones, um, resulting in uh, societies appearing to be um, uh, empty and denuded, um, uh, particularly in uh, the social context. Looking at America and other advanced European countries together, he said... We find, then, that the countries in Europe which are amongst the most democratic, peaceful and prosperous, and the United States, uh, the most prosperous country in the world, show the most severe symptoms of mental disturbance. The aim of the whole socio-economic development of the Western world is that of the materially comfortable life, relatively equal distribution of wealth, stable democracy and peace, and the very countries which have come closest to this aim show the most severe signs of mental imbalance. It is true that these figures in themselves do not prove anything, but at least they are startling. Even before we enter into a more thorough discussion of the whole problem, these data raise questions as to whether there is not something fundamentally wrong with our way of life and with the aims towards, we are, towards which we are striving. Could it be that the middle-class life of prosperity, while satisfying our material needs, leaves us with a feeling of intense boredom and that suicide and alcoholism are pathological ways to escape from this boredom. Could it be that these figures are a drastic illustration for the truth of the statement that man lives not by bread alone, and they could show that modern civilization fails to satisfy profound needs in man? If so, what are these needs? Eric Fromm takes on the idea of sociological relativism in his book. 
the uh, the idea, uh, and it was a kind of sociological and oh, anthropological notion, was that any society that functions without destroying itself is basically um, normal, for want of a better word, or uh, or functioning, and that. Um, Anyone who experienced mental illness in such a society or found that they were alienated or, um, you know, in opposition to that society um, was not, it was not necessarily the society that was the problem, but the individual. And the individual was unable to make the necessary personal adjustments to fit into that society. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. See, uh, Obviously, there are huge problems with this, uh, this idea. It's entirely possible, for example, that Nazi Germany, had it not gone to war with, its, um, uh, with other European powers and the Soviet Union and, and America, would have continued to function... Um, relative in a, a relatively ordered way, um, in perpetuity, um, and the idea that an individual is uh, pathological or insane if they don't fit into that is obviously a very very troubling notion. Um, and society is perhaps part of a normal functioning of a society is having oppositional individuals that don't seem to fit in anywhere. So um, Eric Fromm takes on, on this notion. He says, to speak of a sane society implies a premise different from sociological relativism. It makes sense only if we assume that there can be a society which is not sane. And this assumption in turn implies that there are universal criteria for mental health which are valid for the human race as such, and according to which... <coughs> The state of health of each society can be judged. This position of normative humanism is based on a few fundamental premises. And he goes on to list that you know the the the, the um, criteria that all human beings have, i.e., two arms, two legs, and a head, 
um, are not just external, um, but they but internal. They kind of there are internal psychic qualities he called or uh, characteristics uh, of their uh, emotional functioning. They feel roughly similar things, irrespective of who and where and what they are. Fromm argued that freedom and spontaneity and the ability to express oneself and become the full expression of oneself, to, to live one's own truth, was a, a fundamental uh, aspect of all human beings. However, there were some societies where these goals were suppressed and a desire to conform and to abandon self-expression becomes the new normal because individuals pattern themselves with one another they don't wish to be the outcast and then they simply accept the new reality of uh, that they know and understand of, as, of being conformist in uh, totalitarian societies from said that this was far more simple to understand that conformity um, was um, directed by the state However, in uh, notionally democratic societies, conformity is directed by things like the mass media, um, the use of uh, market economics, uh, and the uh, use of uh, uh, democratic politics itself. Eric Fromm uh, used the uh, Judeo-Christian story of creation as a kind of a, a metaphor for the development and the maturing of uh, of man. For him, the Garden of Eden uh, was uh, our animal nature. We have really been, in his view, ejected from the Garden of Eden. We have been, we have stepped beyond being simply members of the uh, the animal kingdom at, at peace with um, the biosphere, and are now um, creatures that are sort of um, divorced from, of nature, but divorced from it. Um, this We are the first moment at which life became aware of itself. Um, the problem, therefore, as Eric Fromm saw it, was that in a society that is geared towards a, a single goal, uh, and as modern capitalist societies are geared towards uh, the, the kind of the overriding logic of them is the accumulation of capital, the creation of profits, the um, motivations of this very strange and complex creature, the, the human being, are rarely fully met by this, um, this imperative. He said, for example, reason, man's blessing, is also his curse. It forces him to cope everlastingly with the task of solving an insoluble dichotomy. Human existence is different in this respect from that of all other organisms. It is in a state of constant and unavoidable disequilibrium. Man's life cannot be lived by repeating the patterns of his species. He must live. Man is the only animal that can be bored, that can feel evicted from paradise. Man is the only animal who finds his own existence a problem which he has to solve and for which he cannot escape. He cannot go back to the pre-human state of harmony with nature. He must proceed to develop his reason until he becomes the master of nature and of himself. So this is the one of the, the, the central arguments as to why 
um, affluent democratic societies are laden with such unhappiness that individuals in those societies are really trying to work towards a much more profound existential um, realisation, even if they themselves are not aware of it at the time. This is why um, mass consumerism often feels hollow and empty, uh, in that once the material conditions that sustain life have been met and satisfied, they're of precious little interest any longer, because they don't actually perform the task of helping life to have a deeper meaning, and from argued that all human beings are in search of this meaning uh, ultimately because they are aware of their own mortality and because they are aware um, that life for them is finite and so it has to have some kind of purpose attached to it. Eric Fromm believed that in uh, each economic epoch that we lived in, certain character types were created. They were created by the economics that surround us, and therefore certain uh, psychological phenomena emerged as a result. He made the point about Victorian society, and he talked about repression. So the Victorians were synonymous with emotional repression, and not just British Victorians, but really kind of the Victorian generation uh, around the world, the the generation of the 19th century bourgeoisie. Why was this? These were people who had become uh, a, a generation, a social class of ownership. Um, perhaps some of them had been uh, enriched in ways in which their forebears had not. And owning and controlling things, stocks, shares, capital, and the stuff of the world... Uh, translated into their day-to-day uh, -day psychology um, that um, repression, repressing uh, animal instincts, sexual urges and those kinds of things um, which were uh, the kinds of things that were beyond the control of the individual and individual rationality and reason um, this became uh, an important uh, kind of marker of modern masculinity uh, and as opposed to some extent, um, though um, this is very discussed, of femininity as well. There are as many repressed Victorian women as there are repressed men. Um, and he said in the 1950s, a different kind of capitalism exists. It's more egalitarian capitalism, more people have a stake in it. And it is um, the kind of democratic capitalism where the get-rich-quick story, the um, go-west young man um, dream of uh, self-improvement, um, that kind of story is um, uh, prevalent. And therefore, the uh, idea that anyone can make it, particularly in America, with these sort of notions of the American dream, that motivates uh, individual psychology. And, there, and from there, Eric Fromm argued in the same society, during the 1940s and 50s, a new kind of individual, the marketing personality, emerges. This is somebody who likes to talk about themselves. This is somebody who, whose identity is a business card, whose identity is the image of success and of being successful. 
even if that image is superficial, even if the, that identity is really a fraud. And he said, to, to this end, uh, to this extent, people are made to feel unhappy and um, neurotic and depressive because they are unable to fully express who they are and all the, the, the deeper human urges to um, have self-expression and creativity and self-actualization and to live their own truth are suppressed by this um, the, the modern notion of, of, of the rat race. Anyway, I won't labour the point, but The Same Society is a really, really superb book and it has as much to say uh, about the 21st century as it does about the 1950s. In many ways, the 21st century is just a turbocharged version of what Eric Fromm experienced um, back in the, the mid-20th century. It's also a great way of navigating the, the study of uh, post-war American prosperity. And it reminds us that for all the images of abundance and happy families and white picket fences and suburbia and the American dream... There was a, a, a dark underbelly of emotional suffering and uh, one which is really, really fascinating to explore. Anyway, um, I'll finish there. If you can support us via Patreon, the link is below. Um, we are reliant to some extent on uh, donations so to keep the podcast going. Um, thanks very much for your time. All the best. Bye-bye. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.